0: Welcome to the e commerce society podcast, where you can learn how to start, grow, scale, or launch your dream e commerce and product based business all without ever relying on ads or social media. Each week, you will hear step by step, tangible, and fluff free strategies to help you skyrocket your sales and traffic, gain more visibility for your business, and create those mega loyal customer super fans, which you totally need. Hi, I'm Carrie Fitzgerald, your cheerleader and hype girl went from corporate marketing in the education space to building, scaling, and selling my own product-based business. And today, my work and mission is to help founders just like you create and scale the world's most magnetic brands and turn them into fucking empires. So whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab a coffee or grab a champagne and let's dive into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the E-Commerce Society Podcast. And this week we have Amy Barco, founder of Chatterbox. And we are diving into all the things right and wrong of pitching to the media. So we're going to cover why PR gets a bad rap, the do's and don'ts of pitching to the media, mistakes that you're making when you're pitching, how important is the timing of your story, and how to add PR as part of your organic marketing strategy. So this is an incredible episode and Amy is a total whiz when it comes to pitching to the media. She's created a formula that includes awareness, visibility, that equals credibility and profitability. So an incredible person to learn from and... I cannot wait for you to dive into this episode. So grab a coffee, grab a wine. It's going to be a good one. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here, Carrie. I am excited to dive into all of the fun stuff today.
0: Yay. So before we dive into all things PR and pitching to the media and all the mistakes that people are making, um, do you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about your business and who you
1: help? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm Amy with Chatterbox PR and Marketing, and I work with lifestyle brands to help build brand awareness, uh, gain credibility, visibility that essentially equals profitability, and nice. yeah, it's fun. I love
0: it. And what is your company name? Oh,
1: yes. Chatterbox. Chatterbox is <laughs> marketing. <laughs> it's very fitting. I love the name.
0: It's a really good name. We were talking before we recorded and I was like, that's like, I think the first thing I said to you was like, I really love the name of you nailed the name. And I find naming brands or companies, like I have a really hard time with that. But when you have a good name that, is just so perfect. It's, I don't know, it's like a little, it's like a little gold or something. I don't know, but your name is awesome. Thank you very
1: much. I appreciate that. And it's,
0: yeah, it it sticks. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, I think it's also easy to remember too. You're like, Oh, chatterbox. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I love it. Um, all right. So, with your company and your brand, you help people get PR features. I know you do a lot of things. I was looking at your website earlier, but in particular, like, let's just dive right into it. So you help people, do you offer services that like you do the pitching for them or you help people craft pitches and then they do it themselves? Or do you do both?
1: Um, That's a great question. And what we found here at Chatterbox is we have historically Um, executed PR retainers. So we do all the pitching for you, uh, really build out a PR strategy to help you, um, you know, to help help plan your year. Like right now we're in the process of, you know, building out 2024. But I found that over the course of time that there are brands that absolutely could use PR and, you know, to get your name out there and to, you know, gain that, build that brand awareness and gain the credibility. But PR Mm -hmm. is maybe not in their budget or it's something they want to do in house. So I now offer PR consulting, which is a one-to-one PR program where I help you build out a customized roadmap. Actually, I build out the customized roadmap for brands. And I teach them how to execute it themselves internally. And then I'm also in okay. the process of um, designing a digital academy that people can do at their own self-pace. Um, they can dive into the course at any time they want. And they'll, they'll have lifetime access to it, which is really nice um, to teach themselves how to execute a PR strategy in-house. So oh,
0: nice. It's very, very well-rounded. So you helping people wherever they're at. So that's great. Yeah,
1: and that was the goal was to be able to help um, everyone at every stage because everyone would like somebody to do it for them. They just don't, you know, it may not be in their budget at the time.
0: Okay. Gotcha. And then when it comes to pitching to the media, um, talk about some of the like, I know people make a lot of mistakes and I also, you know, recognize Like pitching to the media and PR, I think like I'll just sort of share a couple things just from my own experience over the years. I think PR gets a really bad reputation and I think (laughs) we get the emails. I mean, I can't even count the amount of emails I've gotten over the seven and a half years of having businesses where I get an email from Susan from this agency and she can help me get featured on Oprah, but it's going to cost, you know... $20,000 $20,000 today, or I don't know, like all these craziness. And I think because of those people, I think a lot of regular businesses, I think they have a hard time trusting PR companies. So I, I, I you are going to like debunk this myth today, of course. But I think there was like a lot of bad, and maybe you have your own thoughts on like the bad reputation, that I think that PR gets, but it really couldn't be farther from the truth. And we talked about this before we started recording. PR can really just do wonders for part of your um, marketing strategy. And again, one of the things I talk about on my podcast and just everywhere is, is visibility. You should always be trying to get visibility for your business. Visibility and eyeballs on your business equals traffic to your store and traffic to your store equals sales. And so PR is a really great part of that overall strategy. But I also think that it can be really confusing to know what to do, how to pitch people, where to find them, how do I get their email address, what do I say, what is the subject line? So let's kind of dive into just mistakes that people are making because I think you'll be able to share some great um, like what not to do but also what do you see people doing as mistakes? But I also would love to know your perspective too. Like why do you think PR has gotten or can be viewed as this like I don't know, like this, like taboo thing that, you know, you shouldn't pay for it or something like, what are your thoughts? Yeah,
1: that definitely, this is a lot to unpack. And so I'd like to start (laughs) with the first um, thing that you said when people get emails about, you know, $20,000 to be on Oprah. Um, So let me just start by saying that you should definitely (laughs) block, delete, um, make sure that those emails go to your spam because nobody can guarantee that you're going to be an Oprah, a magazine or Forbes magazine. Yeah. There is absolutely no guarantee with PR. And I think that that probably is where a little bit of the bad rap gets. Um, but there's a way to absolutely get featured in all of those publications. And it's just about, you know, really a strategy behind, Uh, how you're executing your pitches. First, you want to be very timely with your pitch. You know, Uh, pitching on and I know that this sounds crazy, but pitching on a Friday, the likelihood of your email getting opened is probably pretty unlikely. Um, You know, the time or if you're pitching during a national disaster, Like, you know, the war that's happening in Israel right now, there's a lot of journalists and a lot of communities that are very affected by um, what is happening. And just because it's not happening on our soil here in the U.S. does not mean that people that, you know, have boots on ground here in the U.S. are not affected by what's happening worldwide. So you have to be really sensitive and careful Um, to those strategies as well. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you, when you're reaching out to a journalist, you want to make sure that it's a meaningful connection. Um, You know, I feel like a lot of people will do this Spray and pray is a very common term in our industry. And what that really means is this copy and paste. Um, or they do a blanket pitch to somebody uh, where it's mass oh. pitch to, you know, a thousand people. Oh, no. That's not good. It's not because there is no personal connection there, right? Um, yeah. So I feel like. You know, just really tackling your strategy um, and making making every single email count. Um, the first thing I do when I'm pitching a, a journalist, I am researching what it is that they what they wrote about recently. What was their latest article? And I spend time reading that article uh, and make sure that that article, you know, I'm able to leverage that. I'm going on their social media um, to see what they did over the weekend. And I know that there's probably a lot of you like sitting in your chairs, cringing a little bit going, okay, that feels kind of stalkerish. I'm here (laughs) to tell you That they absolutely, um, they love that. They want to know that you are following them. They want to know that you know what their beat is. And when I say beat, I mean what it is they cover, what it is they write about, what it is they, you know, are doing. And by making a quick little intro to each one of your emails, by saying, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you went, I saw you went to the Bahamas. That looked amazing. You know, um, did you love the resort? And I also saw the last, you know, uh, listened to your last podcast in your case or read your, you know, um, read your last e- or, uh, article. And I love this. These were my takeaways. Just by investing that amount of time, you gain a personal yeah. connection with them immediately. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. And then you brought up subject <laughs> lines. That is your first impression. Um, you want to make sure your subject line, you know, journalists are getting thousands of emails per day. Okay. a oh, thousand wow. emails per day, especially during gift, um, the gift guide seasons. Yeah. So you have a thousand emails in your inbox and you have, 995 of them that say holiday gift guide in your subject line but you have this one that says you know holiday gift guide five-star reviews on amazon you know affiliate friendly perfect gifts for moms you know uh it's more it's more catching it's more it's it's more relevant and it's not just standard holiday gift guide, because if you saw a thousand emails in your inbox and one stood out a little bit over the other 995, which one are you going to open? Right. So I feel like really tackling, um, those, you know, initial steps is, you know, definitely crucial pitching on the weekend, your, your pitch is not going to get seen. Um, that's something that is definitely, um, a no-go, but what you could do if you are working on the weekend, schedule your pitch to send out, you know, 10 o'clock on Monday morning that way, you know, they're not because, First thing Monday morning, they're sifting through all of their weekend mail, right? And so if you send it 10 o'clock, you know, mid-morning, then they're likely to see it right away, and it's likely likely to ping into their inbox. Um, so those are all good initial steps into pitching the media, for sure. But let's backtrack. So
0: I know... Um... I know with like, for example, my first business, I had a pet company called the Dapper Dog Box and PR, like when I first started the business, PR definitely like I think I didn't know anything about PR. I'm like, what the hell is PR? I have no idea. However, BuzzFeed reached out to me and they were like, we're doing a write up on three pet subscription boxes and we want to include you. Could you send us a sample? Blah, blah. They were so nice. There was like two contributors and I developed a relationship with them. They loved the product that I sold. And then I was like, oh, by the way, I have an affiliate program. If you're interested, you know, I'll give you a special commission, blah, blah, blah. So then they joined my affiliate program. And then basically after that, I got featured. And this is like a slightly different than I think when we're pitching to like a journalist, but we'll say same, same boat Absolutely. of things. They featured me. I'm not even joking. I want to say like, 12 or 15 times over the course of the three years I had that business. Anytime either of those two girls had any kind of articles on like roundups of pet toys or dog things or anything to do with your dog, they would always include me. So I got like 15 features in Buzzfeed over the three years. Partially it was luck because they reached out to me. And then partially because I'm like, hey, I have an affiliate program and I'll do a special commission for you. You know, very strategic on my part. But uh, that was sort of like when I first got introduced to, like, okay, getting featured in things and like getting featured in gift guides. But then I really worked with my affiliate. I mean, I leveraged my affiliate program and I did start reaching out to people to be in gift guides. But my big thing with PR, like, really the only time I properly reached out to a person who actually responded to me, what do you know, the Dodo? Are you familiar with the Dodo? No it's like a pet, I, I don't even know what you would call them, but it's some sort of a website for pet things. And it's like hu- huge, like massive audience, massive everything. And I was like, I, this thing happened with my business where I, you know, not to like give weight, go over context here, but I just want to share my PR thing. Cause I think a lot of people listening, they might actually need some context around like how, what do I pitch? What, what is a story? Like, so I just want to kind of share my first experience, but Um, basically we did this photo shoot. I was living in California when I started the business and we did this photo shoot in LA basically as like a campaign for rescue dogs. We dressed them up in my bandanas for my company and we gave them cute toys. We took pictures in LA against these beautiful art walls, um, as a way to get basically make these, they're mostly pit bulls, pit bulls and staffies look more friendly on the website so they could get adopted. So anyway, so I'm like, okay, this is a cool story. I want to pitch this to someone and get some, you know, publicity for my business, but really for the rescue. And so I started reaching out to people and someone at the dodo actually responded to me and she was like, look, I like your story here. I think it's great. However, we we do not promote businesses. However, I'm going to dig into this a little bit and see if I can find something to write about or whatever. And she did. And it wasn't about my business. I got a one backlink because I donated a portion of sales to rescue organizations to help dogs. And that was my number one. If you're looking on like an SEO tool ranking backlinks, that was my number one backlink of authority was that feature from the Dodo. And I got a ton of traffic from it. So I just want to give context for anyone listening that maybe doesn't know a lot about PR or pitching to the media and why you should care. That's why you should care because you get featured on one place that has like an authority ranking on Google and you will get a ton of traffic. And not only do you get credibility, but it can bring you a lot of traffic. And again, everything I talk about here is like organic marketing, organic traffic. How do you get visibility without paying for ads? This is how. So I wanted to sort of paint that picture for anyone listening because I think sometimes PR, like people don't really know what it is. They're like, what the hell is PR? (laughs) Isn't that just you pay to be in like oprah's gift guide um but let's kind of give some context so we're pitching to a journalist but like what do we know how do we know what to pitch if we sell so anyone listening here they all sell physical products uh let's say pet industry or baby industry or candles lifestyle so let's say let's do a candle brand so i have a candle business and i'm like i want to get into pr What, what do I pitch about? That's what everyone listening is probably asking. Well, what the hell do I pitch about? Because I have a candle business. So
1: let's go with that. Let's do that. (laughs) Um, and that is an excellent, uh, yeah, I love that. And what, what happened with you with, um, the dojo, it is amazing. And it was probably because Mm -hmm. of the, um, because of the social cause, Right. So what you do Mm -hmm. like with Absolutely. With your candle brand, if you have a candle brand, and I I don't know um, much about the candle brand. So if you have a candle brand that's made in the U.S., um, that is non toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean,
0: clean candle brand. what?
1: Clean candle brand. Yes, yes.
0: clean candle brand.
1: Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I realize I didn't give
0: you any context to what this brand is. So we're a clean candle brand, non toxic, and let's say every one of our candles—this is just off the top of my head—every one of our candles has a um, like a quote on it or like some sort of a phrase that female entrepreneurs identify with. It's I don't like know. I'm just giving a. Stupid- Yes. Yeah, so maybe we also donate ten percent of sales or proceeds. We donate to an organization that okay. helps girls get into entrepreneurship. Okay. So that's the that's my kind of okay. business.
1: So, um, so there's a few different angles there, um, actually. So you have. Uh, you know, your female founder story. So you can pitch to lots of female founder, you know, uh, publications and really outline the story. What drove this, um, you know, inspiration to design this, you know, um, great product? And, you know, why, why was it so important to you? Where are you at today with it? And, you know, and then you talk about your social cause. So 10% is going to entrepreneurs because, you know, you really feel that it's important that women, you know, level up their business and take ownership of their lives and be able to be entrepreneurs because rather, you know, than working for a corporation or, you know, um, they can be entrepreneurs and a stay at home mom all at the same time. So you really kind of, um, look at the overarching story idea of what, mm-hmm. what the cause, co- what the inspiration was behind the com- company itself. So that's one. Okay. Then you have another one that is made in the U S non-toxic, you know, and mm-hmm. what, So that's a story in itself where you're not even talking about the ownership and, you know, that affirmations, you know, that are targeting women. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's another story. And then you have the gift guides. So Mm -hmm. the gift guides are huge because you can do holiday gift guides. You can do Valentine's Day gift guides. You can do Mother's Day, um, even Easter You know, uh, there are so many areas that you can actually reach out to for that one brand because you're not just a candle, you know, you're different. What Mm -hmm. sets you apart from all of the other companies and all of the other candles in the market? So when you're pitching the media, you really want to take that into consideration and make Mm -hmm. sure that you have it outlined like exactly why you are different because you don't want to be in the fold with the thousand other candles that are out there right you want to make yourself different i love that yeah i love that because i think
0: at least just from working with you know students and clients of my own i think i hear one phrase and i'm sure you already know what i'm going to say here but i hear the same thing constantly well I only sell physical products. Why does anyone care about my story? Why does anyone like? What am I going to write about? I even hear this when it comes to creating blog content. Well, I'm a skincare brand. What am I supposed to blog about? My just my products? Well, no, we're not going to go into that. Um, But I think that's kind of probably an objection that you probably hear all the time. Well, I sell candles. I sell baby clothes. I sell, I don't know, picture frames. Who? am i gonna what am i gonna pitch a journalist about you know so thank you for sharing some of those examples for this fake awesome candle brand which i think someone probably either needs to create or there probably is something out there um but yeah there's a lot of opportunity to pitch and it's nothing not necessarily anything to do with your product although it is it's like tied into something bigger or deeper or meaningful talk a little bit about when someone wants to pitch one of these stories, you talked about the time timing of your story and, you know, being aware of things going on in the world, but how, like, okay, besides like Christmas or Hanukkah or gift, like holiday gift guides, when should people be trying to pitch people? Should it be something that, you know, they're just constantly pitching the same story or should they switch it around for seasonality? Maybe, is there any advice you have around that? I don't know if that question Yeah, sense, no, that ma-
1: it makes perfect sense. And that is an excellent question. And absolutely, you want to be very strategic with what your target is, right? So um, I, like, for example, I have my client, Cuddle and Kind, who they make hand net dolls. And they, um, so they're great for lots of different areas because their target is pregnant moms. Right. Um, so there, so you really want to be strategic with the, um, how your timing it. for example, with them, July and August, um, is baby season. I, I know. Right. Um, yeah. right. There's really? more babies born in July and August than any other month of the year. So, but you have to fast forward or rewind, I guess I should say, to March because that's when they're starting to, you know, curate and make their content for, uh, July and August. So, um, so yeah, I know it is kind of confusing. Like for example, Christmas in July, there's a reason why Christmas in July is actually a saying. Um, it is because product based businesses, they are ramping up for Christmas in July they're placing their orders for christmas the media is cover, starting to do holiday gift guides in july that's how early they start so just because we're in a digital age does not mean that you can pitch today and it will be it will hit tomorrow um definitely mm-hmm. you want to plan plan your year out as if you're planning for you're buying, how are you buying your products? Are you buying, you know, in January? Are you, you're buying for the summer probably. So you should be pitching the yeah. a media in January for spring and, and summer and spring typically would be considered a short lead. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes you can get picked up for short leads doing that early, but like for mother's day, you absolutely want to start pitching Mother's Day in January. You know, January, mm. February. Like right now, November, December, I'm working on Valentine's Day and Easter. I know mm. it's crazy because you, I'm sure. working like, yeah. you know, so many months ahead, but that's how the media works. And that's how, that is how they work. But you also so you have the gift guides um, and the seasons, but you also have, you know, like the founder stories and the social causes. You know, take a look at those and see where are they at in the year, you know, for whatever your social cause is with your company. And if it's landing in August, you should be pitching that in um, March. You should start pitching that in March. And um, for the founder story. Those are year-round pitches, so that's something you can constantly pitch. But you always want to change up your pitch. And when I say that, the like the context of what your product is about, that's probably going to be about the same. That's not going to change much because you know the description of your product isn't changing, right? It, unless you're adding something new on, right? Um, but mm-hmm. as far as the, you know, the header, like the opener and, you know, the lead into why this would be good and why you feel that this would be a good fit for their publication and for them to write about, that should always be changed up.
0: Okay. Good to know. And what if people, cause I've heard from some other people, um, you know, writing a story out and then sending it to a journalist and say, you know, I wrote this article. What are your thoughts on that? Do you recommend doing that? Um, Is that for like specific situations only or like a certain type of journalist? I've personally never done that. I think it seems interesting, but Uh, I don't
1: know. Yeah, there are certain, um, publications like Medium, um, you can go to, um, authority.com and they actually have you write out the article, you know, based on the questions that they provide or the question, what the area of the article is. Um, but as far as, you know, sending a pre-written article to Forbes, I, no, I do not recommend that. Um, Mm. Yeah. Unless you're trying to buy an advertorial, you know, people, you can buy, you know, a pre-written advertorial. Um, but what you could do rather than writing the full complete article, you know, just make sure that the details in your, um, what you're writing about, you know, like let's take the founder story, for example, just make sure those details Mm -hmm. are, are in there you know and you don't want to make it too long you i i mean journalists they're skimmers they they skim the body of the email and they look for the mm-hmm. highlights you know use bullet points when you're trying to say something important it is okay to put it in bold if you okay. want something to stand out like the candles all natural soy non toxic that would absolutely be something you would want to bold. And is
0: there a specific format? When so, say again, we have a candle company. We're trying to get featured all over the place, you know, gift guides and other things. Um, is there like a format to the actual email? So, like in the first paragraph, you should put, I, I, you know, and I sort of like in one of my programs, I help people loosely get on podcasts just as part of an organic marketing strategy. And so I sort of say, okay, and I've learned this mainly from having my own podcast and getting a lot of horrible pitches. And so I skim and delete or respond and say, not a good fit. Or I'm like, oh, great. You know what I mean? Or now my amazing VA will forward me things and say, oh, this person, um, she's amazing. But my point here is that, you know, there's there's a lot of things you can do in an email that someone looks at it for a second and they're like, yes or no. That's how I am too now with podcast pitching. When some I get a bunch of pitches and I'm like, it takes me literally one second of skimming and I'm like, okay, maybe absolutely no or oh yes, definitely. Um and yours was definitely a definitely. And I and I, I would love to talk about your pitch. I don't know if you want to on my podcast, but I thought your pitch was awesome you also wrote me a podcast review. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's amazing. And she said a good pitch. And she did something nice for me. Like that's such a win win. Because I get so many bad pitches, which that's okay. Because I think um, people don't know you shouldn't copy and paste or what did you call it? Send spray and, praise. Pray. <laughs> spray and pray. I definitely get a lot of the spray and praise like Susan from realestate.com is She's an expert in the real estate, and she would love to be in your podcast. And I'm like, my podcast is about product businesses, not fucking real estate. Why are you? It makes me so mad.
1: <laughs> it makes me mad.
0: Anyway, I'm going so off topic. So off topic here. My point is, is there like a, a framework to like the actual body of the pitch? So if I'm going to pitch, um, I don't know whoever about my candles. Is Should they only have like two paragraphs? Is there something specific in the first paragraph to grab their attention? Like any tip you can give on the format. I don't know why I just went off on a huge tangent with my own um, podcast pitching. Anyway.
1: Well, you did that because my really? pitch was, uh, because it's true. Uh, people, I mean, with podcasts, people try to pitch podcasts the same way they're pitching the media and you just don't do that. They, mm-hmm. it, there's not a crossover in the two. Um, so a lot of PR people, they're not really sure, you know, how to do it. Like for example, what you said, you you have a real estate person pitching you, and you're like, wait, I'm products. Clearly, they're not listening to your podcast, right? So there's that nurture, yeah. you know, um, process that people really have to go through. So if we take my pitch yeah. for example, you brought that up, and pitching you, so in the opener of your pitch, you know, what I, I did, I listened to your, I was decorating for Christmas and I was listening um, to your podcast and you were going off on this tangent and it was hysterical. (laughs) I mean, I was cracking up in my, because I had my earbuds in, right. And I, um, I was laughing so hard and my kids are looking at me, not, understanding why I here I am decorating cleaning the house doing all the stuff and they I'm busting a gut because you were just you were making me laugh so hard so <laughs> that I feel like you know you really do have to go through the nurturing stage whether it's a podcast whether it's a journalist you know be engaged with them before you even reach out because if you're not engaged with them, there's a disconnect. So your opening paragraph should absolutely be that nurture. It should be, you know, Oh my gosh, I love the F bombs that you're throwing on your podcast, which I wrote in my pitch to you Um, (laughs) and you know, just how you were kind of here and there and, Um, and I, I really just kind of recapped what I got from your podcast and what I, what my takeaways are. So you have that, that's where you start. And then your second paragraph should be why you feel your product or, you know, what it is that you're, um, pitching, whether it be the social cause, the female founder story or the product itself why you feel it's a good fit for them and their um, publication. So that's the second paragraph. And then you bullet point the product. So the candles, you know, you, you really kind of, you have the, you have an embedded image of the candle, um, you know, a picture of the candle, low res, um, embedded into the email and then you just have a small little description of it make sure you have your price affiliate you brought up affiliate affiliate is so important with um, product yeah. right now because if you are not on yeah. an affiliate platform the media 90% of them will not include you so whether you're on Rakuten um, Impact Share a That's not one that's being recommended as often anymore, but, you know, impact is great because you can use that one for influencers and you can use it for the media. But having your media link in there, along with your your affiliate marketing ID and the percentage of commission that you're offering them, those are all very important in your product description. You should have a link, not an attachment, a link. And I'll say that again, not an attachment. If you attach anything, that is a great way to be banned from a journalist. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yes. So there's no attachments at all. You want to do a Google Drive or a Dropbox link in a high res image of your product. And then, of course, the web address, you know, like a link to um, the website. So those are all of the important things in the product description. And and then, you know, the niceties that, you know, the opening niceties that you want. And then offer them samples. You know, if you would like a sample, you know, I would love for you to cover this. Um, If you feel it's a fit, you know, let me know. I'm happy to send you samples or additional images. Hmm. So, yeah. So it's done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if you haven't heard back, you know, in 7 to 10 days, feel free to follow up. But when you follow up, when you send the email, don't just write I'm following up on the email below. You want it gives you an opportunity to get in front of them again because they may not have opened your first email, right? But if they say that you're mm-hmm. following up on the email below, it's, they're not going to scroll down. So you want to repitch yourself. You know, you want to say, oh my gosh, I caught your latest episode or I caught your latest article. And these were my takeaways. You kind of go through the pitch all over again. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I would love, you know, let me know if I can send you out a sample, but always offer samples and always do links, not attachments. Good to know.
0: Is the attachment, I mean, I think that that makes sense. Is the attachment thing just because of, they don't know if it's like, um, what's it called? Spam. not spam. Um, a virus. Yes, that's what,
1: yeah. a virus, yes. Yeah. Is that
0: is that why or is there a different reason? It's,
1: um, well, there's a couple reasons. The first most important reason is they're not going to open it. And they're not going to open it because of the virus um, situation. They feel mm-hmm. that it might be a virus. And um, the other thing is, is it may not come through if it's too big, right? So, and a lot of times, virus email are um, att- emails with attachments actually end up in spam mm-hmm. and not the inbox. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just it's, yeah, definitely stay away. from the attachments. Um, it's funny cause I, you know, I'm friends with a lot of journalists and, you know, we do these AMAs, you know, they'll have these monthly AMAs and they did this whole article about, um, newsletter about attachments and how ha- exactly, you know, everything that we're talking about with it. And, and their last notes were that is the perfect way to get yourself blacklisted. Oh, wow. I know that's pretty deep, isn't it?
0: <laughs> a little harsh, but you know, I, I, I get it once I think too, because if you're getting all these emails from people constantly, you have to have your own, it's kind of like a boundary. You have to establish boundaries of like, what will I open or not open? And, and that's it. So I think it makes sense, but um yeah, blacklisted. That's a little harsh.
1: It is. I love her. I love her. Um, she's like one of my faves for sure. Um, but yeah, she, she definitely does not sugarcoat it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So just so we've talked about a couple of like do's and don'ts when it's pitching to the media, mistakes that people are making, the importance of, you know, everything from subject line to the format of a pitch and, you know, what things to include, how do you think that PR and getting featured in the media just plays into like an overall organic marketing strategy? Why is it important that people like incorporate PR into their marketing?
1: I love this question um, because A lot of people feel they've gone down the road of PR before they've received, you know, coverage and they didn't see the sales. And one of the things that's so important that you, that everyone needs to make sure that they execute and is leverage that coverage. You know, so if you do get in Forbes magazine, make sure you're posting it Mm -hmm. on your social platforms and tagging Forbes in it, because then that brings their viewers into it. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, also make sure that you have it on your website, like front page. You know, I mean, when they're opening your website, the banner at the top should be a list of all of the publications that you've been featured in. Because that is Mm -hmm. where the credibility and the visibility, it goes into account. And when people see that, you know, you've been in Buzzfeed and Forbes and, you know, today.com on the Today show, when people see that, like you said earlier with your Buzzfeed article for your dog box, dapper dog. I mean, that it's so true. I mean, it, it, absolutely gives you credibility immediately. And not only that, so it's funny because when buyers, um, or, you know, people, a lot of people, um, build brands to, you know, because they want to, it to be acquired eventually. Um, and Mm -hmm. people, you know, when, So whether it be something like that or whether it be a buyer, you know, from a big box and you want your, you know, product in target, they're going to, target's going to go to your website. If they're interested in your brand before they even like come to you, they're going to go to your website. And if they see all of this amazing coverage on your front page, they're going to be like, oh, wow. Okay. We, we definitely need to continue this. (laughs) Um, so the PR to answer your question, PR is credibility. PR is visibility, and if you have yeah. that, building the brand, the credibility, the visibility, it really equals the profitability. I call it the PR formula. Oh, yeah. PR formula.
0: What's what's the formula? Can you repeat that one yes. more time? You. I like whatever you <laughs> say.
1: Yes, yeah. something equals profitability. Uh, so you build brand awareness mm-hmm. to gain credibility that equal that turns to visibility, and that equals profitability.
0: Hmm, I love that. That's amazing. It's so true, though. Um, and I think the other piece too is just someone who just loves all things SEO. Um, you know. When you're trying to think of things, you know, like we talked about the Black Friday article that I wrote. And one of the things that I talked about in that blog post was why you didn't get sales. And it's not because your product sucks. It's not because your business sucks. It's not because you suck. It's probably because you either didn't get enough traffic, eyeballs to your website, or your conversion rate isn't great. So it's probably like one of the two. Again, that's not always going to be the case for every business. But one of the ways that you get traffic to your online store, it's probably one of the top questions I get asked, how do I get more traffic? Well, you can do all the damn things. But you know, getting featured in articles, let's say you got a featured in an article on people.com, which was a, a gift guide, like a Mother's Day gift roundup or something. Or you got featured somewhere else, wherever, Brit Co. you know, This is one more opportunity to get in front of their audience. But what I want to say you know for it's 2023 i you know i don't know a lot about getting featured in like printed magazines however if you get featured anywhere online it give it you're telling google that you are an authoritative authoritative like business i'm not going to go into the details of like the google rankings and all that but when you get something called a backlink which is if buzzfeed features you in an article you're and they link back to your website that's a backlink so these are really really important for seo But what you're every time you're getting all these backlinks, you're basically telling Google, like you should Google feature this, like push this business higher. I feel like I'm describing this in a non techie way. But essentially what that means is like you want to be doing things where you're getting featured in Google. So when someone types in to Google, uh, let's see what product can I talk about? Like uh, affirmation candles. If you sell affirmation candles, and you've been featured by all these places, BuzzFeed, Forbes, etc, then you have a higher authority, domain authority, and you're going to be featured higher. So then when someone searches for affirmation, I can't say that word affirmation candles, maybe show up number one on Google search. And that is how, like, that's kind of how it's done. And it's, like when it when you're creating an organic marketing strategy all these little pieces like they all fit together you have to do the seo you have to do the pr you have to do you know the email marketing they all play into a well-rounded visibility like gateway so yeah.
1: Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you just bring up, you just brought up the email marketing and that's another place to leverage your PR coverage because you want your customers to know that you were just recently featured yeah. because, if, mm-hmm. because, it you know, it levels you up in their eyes. Right. So it's like, oh, wow, they were just ranked the number one, you know, um, non-toxic candle, I need to buy more. And, you know, really leveraging that email list. If you're not leveraging your email list, then that's, you know, that's another disconnect. And that's another way to put your features out there because then they could be sharing that with their friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking,
0: as you were talking about that, I was working with a client, I think it was last year, and she was featured in like, I don't even know. It was like the Wall Street Journal or something. And I found this out and I was like, why is this not, why? What are you doing with this? I didn't, this is on your website anywhere. And she was like, oh, I didn't really think people would care. And I was like, are you crazy lady? Put that on your damn website. So I made her put a little logo list. And then after discovering that, I found out that she's featured in all these other like big places, but she didn't even consider that that might be something that should be featured on her website as a source of credibility street cred all sorts of like a host of reasons but i for some reason I, that just popped into my head as you were talking it's but,
1: interesting because um, the- right,
0: spread the seeds like tell the world that you're featured in forbes or buzzfeed or whatever like that's big news it's
1: huge it, it absolutely is huge mm-hmm. and if you keep it to yourself that that's you're definitely doing a disservice to your brand you know, key I mean, shout it from the rooftops and and also you um not only have the logos up there but have the, the link to um, the article. So when they press the logo, then it it takes them to the article, but don't take them don't take them away from your website. So make sure that you have your, you know, web people set it up properly where it opens another page to open up the article. That way they still have your website open because you want them to stay on your website. But absolutely, it should be, yeah, shout that loud, loud. Yeah. And that's a great tip on the,
0: like adding like a press page or something like that. So. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for just sharing so many good tips for people. And I'm just curious, what are, as I I like how I wrap it up and then I'm like, wait, I have one more thing. Um, What are, talk about some of the features like that some of your clients have had. I'm sure that you've gotten some really cool, um, maybe like what's your favorite client feature that they've been featured in?
1: Um, So for media, um, I would say, Absolutely. Forbes magazine, you know, I, that one just has so much, um, credibility. Forbes magazine has so much credibility and I get people in Forbes all the time. Uh, Forbes today show, um, you know, good morning America and like on you, cause they both have dot coms now where they'll do, you know, articles, but you know, being on the show, that's super fun. And, you know, fun to, you know, share. It's great for the clients as well.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. That's amazing. Um, my dream feature when I had my product business was Brit Co. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, I don't even know why. I Sometimes you just, in your head, you're like, I just want to be featured there, but I don't even know why. I have no idea why I wanted to be featured on Brit Co. so badly. And I sent samples to their office in San Francisco. I wrote emails probably like really shitty pitches. If I'm being honest, I don't remember. It was like six years ago, but, um, I never got featured. And so part of me in my head, I'm like, I still want to get featured in damn Britain co someday. I need to like,
1: I just recently, like, um, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday or the day before. Yeah. I just got some, um, two of my clients featured in there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You probably like, like that, that. And and that was what you aspired because you like the look and the feel of it. And you like the content that it yeah. provides. And mm-hmm. you as yourself, you're like, oh, I like this. And you know, yeah. so, and that's a recommendation, you know, everyone that's listening, I mean, you know, put your top 10 dream publications that you want to be in um, and search the publications, find articles um, of that you like from those publications find the journalist because you asked me this question early on and I never answered it, but how do you find people? Um, find an article, mm-hmm. read it. If you like the article or whatever, look at the journalist's name, then Google them and all of their contact will, all of their feet, um, all their features will pop up. All their social platforms will pop up. Muckrack will pop up, but that's a, that's a PR tool that people subscribe to and it's very expensive. So most brands wouldn't have that, but, um, but yeah, Google the, um, the journalist and you can research and find their, um, information pretty easily that way.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. That's so helpful. And, um, that's amazing that you've gotten, you know, clients featured in all these like little publications like Forbes and, um, (laughs) The Today Show. No big deal. Um, tell everyone, <laughs> tell everyone um, what services you offer, how they can find you, and if they want to work with you or have questions, like how can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Chatterbox PR and Marketing. I do retainer clients, so where I actually execute the PR for you, or I can build out a customized roadmap and teach you how to do it yourself. And we're launching our digital academy in January. Um, That will be a self-paced academy where people can actually teach themselves how to do PR pretty easily at a very affordable price. Um, So there's that. And then you can find me on Instagram at uh, Chatterbox PR and Marketing, also Facebook. And my website is Chatterbox Brands, B-R-A-N-D-S. Um, so you can find me there as well.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Amy. So nice to talk to you. And I feel like I learned so much in this episode. So thank you for the little PR, PR refresh.
1: And I do have (laughs) some goodies for your listeners. So, um, if in the link, in the show notes, you can find, um, the do's and don'ts. So you can take that away. And then also as a bonus, um, I, for the new year, I'm going to give away a pivot a pitch template. So it will be a holiday pitch template that people can customize to, uh, you know, that will suit and fit their brand.
0: Nice. Thank you so much. I'll definitely be sure to put that in the show notes as well, but thank you so much. So nice to talk to you, Amy.
1: Yeah. Thank you,
0: Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes.
1: Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.